The Lifestylist, episode 35, featuring Dr. David Villarreal. I'm Luke Story, a former celebrity fashion stylist and founder of School of Style. For the past 20 years, I've been relentlessly dedicated to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. Now, I know you can't see me, you can only hear me, but if you could see me, what you'd be seeing is a big, bright smile. You know why? Because I'm celebrating today's guest, Dr. David Villarreal, and we are talking about biological or holistic dentistry. My name is, of course, Luke Story, and this show is The Lifestylist, and I'm here to share some very valuable information about the future of dentistry. And you might find by the end of this episode that your dentist is maybe whack and you might want to go on the market to find a new one that's up to speed with the most healthy dental practices. Now I'm 46. I spent the first half of my life basically destroying my teeth. I think half of them are made out of porcelain at this point. I'm missing a few. It's not cute. So I'm hoping to save you some of the trouble and expense that I've gone through. I didn't listen when my parents were like, you need to take care of your teeth. I didn't do it. I was a bad boy. Here I am uh, alive to tell the tale and hopefully pass on some valuable information to you. So here's what we covered today with Dr. David Villarreal, who's my personal dentist. I've searched the world over to find the most badass guy possible to work with myself and of course to share with you. We cover topics such as what is biological or holistic dentistry anyway? And why is it superior to our current outdated system of dentistry? How health issues in your mouth affect the overall health of the rest of your body. Treating your teeth like they're a living organ, because guess what people, that's what they actually are. The dangers of mercury metal fillings and how to deal with them. Why you might want to avoid root canals. They are kind of scary, you guys. You're going to trip when you hear what actually goes on when you get one of those teeth drilled to the core like that. How getting teeth pulled can lead to systemic full body infections and autoimmune issues. How to avoid cavities in the first place. Why you should avoid putting toxic fluoride in your mouth, let alone your body, including in your drinking water. The risks involved in using metal implants the benefits of using biocompatible material in fillings, and why germ-killing mouthwash is actually bad for your mouth. And lastly, how to find truly organic toothpaste and the benefits of using essential oils orally. So we cover an hour straight of all things biological dentistry. It's a really valuable episode. I'm excited to share it with you. Speaking of excited, I also want to share with you next week's episode number 36 with Greg Burnett from Arizona Grassroots raised beef where we talk about the cattle industry and the future of it and more specifically the benefits of bone broth which is really great i'd also like to remind you to go over to lukestory.com forward slash support if you go there on my site you'll see you have a couple ways that you can donate to the show whether that's a dollar two dollars ten dollars whatever per month or one time 
have a pretty good sort of um, reward system going on there. If you're able to do that, that's great. It helps me keep this show going. It's uh, it's quite expensive actually to run a podcast. And I'm after all these months, the show is growing, it's getting bigger and better, but I'm still not quite flush. So uh, to be quite transparent with you, I'm going out of pocket quite a bit still, and I'd like to change that and at least get up to the break even point. I love doing this, it's a labor of love, but uh, hey, if you can help, great. If not, um, if you wanna do something for free, that only takes five minutes, you can go into iTunes and leave a rating and review for this show. I'm just going to let you in on another little secret. In the world of podcasting, it's all about ratings and reviews. See, the more ratings and reviews your show has in iTunes, the higher in the rankings you get. The higher in the ranking you get, then the more downloads you get. The more downloads you get, the bigger guests you can get. If you get bigger guests, you get more downloads and more ratings and reviews. You see how that works? So if you can make a donation at my donation page, that's awesome. If not, it would be wonderful if you could go leave a rating and a review in iTunes. It's not the easiest thing to do, but if you poke around a little bit, you'll be able to find out how. And most of all, I just want to thank you so much for listening and supporting me and what I do. It's been an amazing few months. I have some great things planned for 2017. So as we wrap up this year, I'm just super, super stoked to uh, keep this thing going. So thanks and enjoy the episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Samina. Samina Healthy Sleep Systems are designed to incorporate what we now know is required for restful, restorative sleep. Every aspect of healthy sleep is addressed, including unrivaled back support, moisture and temperature regulation, plus pure comfort in a very clean, hygienic bed. Like people, Samina is a system comprised of layers, each working together to support the body's needs for healthy sleep. The components are made from natural, non-toxic, hypoallergenic materials and provide the essential elements, even grounding, to fall asleep relaxed, stay asleep, and awaken refreshed. Samina is simply healthy sleep. Go to JustHealthySleep.com and enter the code LIFESTYLIST to save 5% off all beds and accessories, which can save you a substantial bit of cash considering the initial investment in this system. Or if you're in Southern California, you can also make an appointment on the site to visit the Pasadena showroom and check out Samina in person. Dr. David V. Rial graduated from Loyola Marymount University with a BS in biology and received his doctorate from the University of Southern California in 1984. Dr. David began his education in biological dentistry at his first Dr. Hal Huggins seminar back in 1992 in Colorado Springs. Dr. David has taken extensive studies with Dr. Huggins since that time and has made biological dentistry his life's passion. He's also received advanced training in cosmetic dentistry at the world-renowned Las Vegas Institute and is the founder and formulated for an all-natural whitening toothpaste and mouth rinse line called Estrella. His products can be found in various retail and health food stores and on the web at purenaturaltoothpaste.com. Welcome to the show, Dr. David. Thank you for having me. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome, man. It's great to see you. So, you are what I call the new breed of dentist, and I think it's a really important topic for us to cover because many of our listeners and many of my friends, I'm sure, are just going to their old school family dentist and have no idea that there's this, it's not even cutting edge. To me, it's just a more holistic approach to dentistry, yes. which 
you know, uh, is in the habit of avoiding just pulling teeth out of your head and drilling and destroying the teeth that you're born with. It's a much more, you know, preventative medicine kind of approach. And so I'm really excited to be covering this topic. Sometimes we'll really niche down on the show and I'll have an expert on EMFs or an expert on municipal water and the greatest water to drink and things like that. And so I'm excited to kind of really hone in on something this specific and I think that a lot of people are also unaware of many of the other health problems that start in your head, that start in your mouth. So this is super good information for the listener. I want you to listen up, take notes. This might be one that you want to listen to a couple of times because I'm hoping to shake the listener's paradigm and kind of rattle their cage a little bit and give them an alternative approach to something that's kind of part of our life. So uh, how did you get your start in dentistry to begin with, and what was the transition into the type that you practice now? Um, I was actually a pre-med student, and when I worked in a hospital, I realized I hated being in a hospital and such a negative environment. We need them, but for me, it it just didn't work. And so I figured, well, if I don't like hospitals, what am I going to do? I love the sciences, and I love health. And so I looked into dentistry. Um, I actually went to be a dental assistant, a volunteer dental assistant at the LA Free Clinic. And two of my friends and I did it, and they thought they wanted to be dentists. And after doing that, they said, no way. And I, I just you know, fell in love with it. I then found myself at USC Dental School and uh, went there. Very grateful to have been there. It's a great school. Um, I practiced typical allopathic dentistry for seven years. And after that, I just went, wow, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be drilling and filling the rest of my life. And it was like, I went to, oh, it was just, you know, I was just like bummed. And um, my brother-in-law, he's passed away now, but he was an acupuncturist and herbalist. And he started feeding me a lot of information about the the problems with mercury fillings. And um, I started reading them. And I just started getting into doing white fillings just because they looked better. So he sent me a patient. And she comes in, I look in her mouth, and it's like, wow, you don't have any silver filling. She goes, no, I went to Dr. Hal Huggins. I go, who? She goes, I'll be back tomorrow. So she comes back, and her husband's with her. And I looked at him, and I go, oh, it's Captain Steubing of the Love Boat. And so, you know, we talked a little bit, but she handed me his book. It's all in your head. I couldn't put it down. I I just absorbed it so quickly that... You know, I, I looked up his information where he was, and back then he was still having, he still had a teaching institute there. So I flew, took the introductory course, came back, told my wife, I can't go back to what I was doing. Uh, just There's too much information. And, and back then they were coming after us and taking our license away. So I flew back the next month and took the advanced course and never looked back. And so since then... My mentor has been Dr. Hal Huggins. He passed away uh, two years ago. And I saw him pretty much the last month uh, before he passed away. And I put him to bed one night and I, I looked in his eyes and I just said, there's going to be some of us, but I promise you that I will continue spreading the word about this type of dentistry because it, the, the, the lay person needs to know. They need to educate themselves so when they go to their dentist, they can ask questions, you know, Instead of just going in there, getting drilled and filled and walking out and, okay, you took care of the cavity. It's not just taking care of the cavity. It's, it's dealing with a lot of other um, factors that will eventually affect your life. 
Yeah, and for those of you listening, uh, in the alternative healing and alternative medicine fields, Hal Huggins that he's speaking about as his mentor is the guy. I mean, he's yep. the guy that kind of put the thing on the map. And I'm assuming from the industry in a legal standpoint, probably was the first guy to take a lot of the arrows, right? He, you know, I mean, I, I'm surprised the guy wasn't assassinated is what I'm saying. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if there were threats on his life because the medical system, I mean, you're talking about, you know, vaccines and things like that now where doctors and practitioners will be punished and have their licenses taken away. I mean, I think at the time when he started, it was a really risky thing to do. And well, I, it, it, I love rebels, man, you oh. know, that like come out against the system and stand up for the people. So what was the story there? He called himself the dragon slayer. And so he had a little tie clip, at, you know, it had the dragon and the, you know, a sword. And um, when I went to his, his facility in his private practice, he goes, David, see all these windows? They're bulletproof. And one of his wives left him because of all the, all the, um, the threats. Wow. And what happened was the American uh, Dental Association, the American Medical Association, took him to court, and they basically took his license away because he was claiming medical cures by doing dentistry. And they said, that's out of the, the realm of your, your profession or your license. You can't do that. So they took his license away. Years later, they wanted to give it back to him, and he goes, uh-uh, you're not giving me back that license. I'm not a, I'm not a practicing dentist. So I can say whatever I want. So since then, that's all he ever did was, was lecture and, and teach us other dentists how to practice you know, certain protocols for the safety of the patient. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, see, that, to me, that's a, an American hero, man. Oh, definitely. You know, I mean, it's like to, to stand up in the face of, of those type of those powers, the entities that are these government agencies i mean it takes an immense amount of either insanity to be able you know to be able and willing to do that or it's just an integrity and it's like you're practicing allopathic dentistry at this point you get enlightened with some new information you go back home to your wife and you say you know what i can't do this because you have integrity right. and you know i just did an interview earlier uh, before yours with another gentleman and he has an immense amount of integrity in the products that he produces he could do them cheaper he could sell more he could make more money but he knows in his heart that it's not serving his fellow man. And that's like, those are the kind of people that I love to celebrate. So what a gift for you to be able to connect with someone like that. And a, a quick story um, was I actually got to meet Dr. Hal Huggins' as mentor. His name is Dr. Olympio Pinto from Rio de Janeiro. No way. So, so the guy he, that he learned all this stuff from? I flew to Rio to meet him. And he, Dr. Olympio Pinto, learned it from his father, who was a dentist. And what happened was his father never liked the silver mercury amalgams. So he would always put gold alloys. People started getting better, you know, with their health. So, you know, his Olympio told me that what they did to his father was they put a donkey by his office to basically get the heck out of Dodge, you know, because the physicians didn't like what he was doing. So then uh, Dr. Huggins met Dr. Olympio Pinto at a conference in Mexico City and Olympio told Hal about the whole mercury thing, and that then it just started. Wow. Yeah. And so what's, what's the climate like now in terms of your license and your ability to practice? Have things loosened up? And, and we're going to, of course, dig people that are listening. You don't know what we're talking about with mercury. We're going to cover all that. But right. I just want a little, a, a little foundation in this type of dentistry and how it's changed in terms of your ability to practice and not get shut down because 
you have an alternative view to the existing paradigm. Well, in California, because of Proposition 65, it is my duty to explain to my patients whatever material I'm placing in their mouth can have a harmful effect. So there are, you know, you can go to Prop 65 and look at what, what, what's listed there and what's not good and what's good for you. So because of Prop 65, they can't say, well, you're not putting amalgams. But, you know, a lot of my uh, colleagues, you know, had to defend their license, you know, nationwide because the boards were coming after them because they weren't putting in silver fillings. Yeah. So what's what's the what's the profit? You know, you always follow the money, right? What's the profit motive of the what is it? The American Dental Association. Correct. Like, wh- how, who's losing money or who's gaining money by the continuing use of a mercury amalgam fitting filling? Which, by the way, you guys listening, we're going to explain it. As I said, but you do not want mercury in your body. Okay, that's no. the bottom line. It's a poison. You there's other ways to do it. Okay, so. What? Why were they hanging on to that one thing with such a death grip and, and threatening the lives of people like Dr. Hal Huggins and people that are, you know, exposing the truth about the dangers to your physiology? Like, what's the motive there? What's the beef? Well, I can tell you one thing. It's, you know, it's kind of the American way, whatever's fastest, easiest, and cheapest. Everyone feels, you know, people that have dental insurance, they feel, oh, it's an insurance. To me, it's not an insurance. It's actually a stipend. Dental insurance started in 1970. The average maximum was $1,200. The year 2016, the average maximum is $1,200. So it's not insurance. So what happens... That's why I don't have it, I guess. It's, yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, <laughs> Every it, dentist I've ever been to is like, Dad, don't even bother. You don't, know? because here's the thing. People will stay within that parameter. So when they go to the dentist, the dentist is forced to put in amalgam, a silver film, or put in porcelain fused to nickel, which is a carcinogen. They have to use cheaper materials to, you know... Feed the masses, I guess, but it it doesn't make any sense because either you pay it now or you're going to just have to pay it forward, you know. And if people understood that, you know, if people understood, okay, let me spend a little more money now with something that's going to benefit my mouth and my body, maybe later in life they're not going to have to pay all the extra money to get healthy. Right. Okay. So let's go ahead and cover that because this is such a big topic. And I think there's some general public awareness about not wanting to put metal in your mouth of any kind, let alone a mercury amalgam filling. But I still see someone smile and I look in their mouth and I go, oh shit, nobody told them. Like they still have, I'm not going to tell them unless they ask me, hey, I'm having this autoimmune issue or this or that. I say, you know what? You might want to go see someone and see about that mercury because it could be off-gassing or you know leaching into your system. So I think there's more awareness now, but for someone who's never even heard of this and they're sitting there with a mouthful of metal fillings, what what would be the problem with putting mercury in your mouth? Like why not use these metals? What's the big deal? Well, in western medicine they decapitated you. Okay? Here's your head. Put it over here. This is what the dentist does. And the rest of the body is what the physician does. Right? But the head is actually connected to the body, right? So if you're going to buy a horse, first thing you do is hire a vet. First thing the vet does is look in the horse's mouth. It lets them know what condition the horse that's is in. Where the, I guess that's where that term comes from, uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, right? If someone gives you a horse, you don't go examine their mouth for its health. That's great. I never knew that. You know, okay. but so we have, with all our technology and everything, in some respects, we've gone backwards. And, you know, we can get into the whole talk about meridians, the chi energy and all that, but... It, you know, to bring it down to simplicity is, you know, forget the whole holistic world right now. Let's go allopathic. 
let's look at what the AMA and the ADA say. They understand that if there's gum problems like gingivitis, inflammation, gum disease, so on and so forth, it will affect your heart. You'll have a higher chances of stroke, diabetes, so on and so forth. So they know that whatever's going on in the mouth, periodontally, will affect the body. But no one talks about, well, what about the metals? You know, no one looks at that as a possible problem. The American Dental Association for the longest time used to say, oh, mercury doesn't leach out, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Now they say it does, but it's so minute that it doesn't cause any problems. But for me personally, they don't look at the long-term effect. You know, you got these mercury amalgams in your mouth, okay? And, you know, I, I have a lot of patients that come to me that are being reactive, not proactive, in the sense that now they have an autoimmune challenge, you know? And they'll say to me, why am I having a problem now with this? It's because you only have so many soldiers in your army to help keep your body going. And when you go through something traumatic, and it's interesting because I was talking to this uh, physician about it because he deals with a lot of people uh, with autoimmune challenges. You know, and I said, do you notice that when your patients come to you, something traumatic happened to them? Like the loss of a loved one, divorce, you know, a bad car wreck. And he goes, yeah, I've noticed that. I go, I do too. When the patients come to me and they say, all of a sudden, I'm sorry, and I'll, I'll just say, what happened right before you started going downhill. And they're like, all of a sudden, some, you know, some will start crying. They lost their brother. Or they lost their mother. The body can only take so much. And it gets to that point. So you know, I try to educate patients and say, hey, let's, just, let's be proactive. You, know, you got all the information out there. You know, you can, especially you can go on to drmercola.com. He's got so much information to help you educate yourself about holistic dentist, biocompatible dentistry. Why not just read all that, go inside yourself, intuitively ask yourself, should I get this stuff out? Okay. And if you remove that, and when these traumatic events happen in your life, your immune system is, is stronger now. Okay. And people say, well, no, you don't have any proof of that. There's just so much proof. Why are, you know, why are we still having this battle with such an archaic material? We have materials that, if you look at it mechanically, when you drill for a silver filling, you actually have to undermine the tooth so it won't come out. So you're actually drilling and weakening the outer tooth structure, and you, you pound it, this silver filling in, and it expands. But since it's, it has dissimilar metals with mercury, so on and so forth, in a, in a base of water, which is your saliva, it's going to corrode. So it's going to shrink, corrode, shrink, and then you get, you get separation, so on and so forth. With a composite, you don't have to drill to weaken the tooth. You drill where the decay is, and you're actually putting in this glass, which you use a blue light, which actually bonds it to the tooth structure. It becomes one entity again. So people say, well, they don't last as long as mercury fillings. Well, yes. I mean, you can actually give a patient a whole silver mercury crown. I've done it when I was a young dentist. I was like, wow, this is awesome, right? And it would last a long time. So the fact is, is that if you understand just the mechanics of your tooth, because the, the tooth is, is a living organ. People don't understand that. They just think, I need my teeth to chew, to look great, you know, get them all bleached out, so on and so forth. But if you think about organs, they have nerve, blood supply, fluid exchange, all your teeth are living organs. So 
if you're going to eat well for your liver, if you're going to eat well for a certain part of your body, why not eat well for the longevity of the tooth? This is a really key part of the conversation here, I think, is, and this is something just a few years ago I kind of became enlightened with. I think I really heard about it from Nadine Artemis, who talks yep. a lot about self-dentistry, and she just has a very natural, holistic approach to life in general, like let's get back to nature and erasing some of these false beliefs we have. So I grew up as a kid, and I go to a regular dentist, and maybe I, I didn't have a cavity till I was probably 18, and then because I had a very unhealthy lifestyle, I, I did a lot of things that destroyed my teeth, and now they're not in great shape. They're half porcelain and half real teeth. But I always viewed teeth as like rocks that are sort of stuck inside your head. Like not even a bone as I could see is more alive, right? Because your bones grow and, yep. uh, you know, and they're somewhat flexible to a degree, right? They, you know, have marrow inside. And I can kind of conceptualize that they're not a solid piece of stone. But I always thought my teeth are just like these rocks that are in your head. They're stuck in your jaw. And then the gum kind of grows around them. And when something goes wrong and they decay, you just get it grind it out and drilled out. You just fill something else in that rock and you just have these like non-porous, non-living, inert chunks in your jaw, right? Okay. <laughs> right. I never knew that your teeth actually have many layers and they have blood flow and they're, they're a living system in your head. And as you said, of course, connected to the other systems within your body through what we're going to cover hopefully later with, you know, your meridian system and, you know, how the energy flows within your body. So... I love the idea of, as a dentist, doing the minimal amount of damage to that living tooth, you know? Correct. And uh, it's just such an interesting way to view it. And I don't think most of us look at it that way. Like, I remember in high school, you know, we used to, uh, we first started drinking beer and stuff. It was like, you were badass if you could open a beer bottle with your teeth, you know? And it's like, you chip your teeth off. And, yeah, who cares, you know? There's just some rocks in my head, you know? They're, so it's chipped. And now, you know, having gone through a lot of, bad dentistry early in life. And now, you know, just having lost some of my teeth, even I'm missing one, as you know, because I came to see you about it. Um, now my teeth are so precious. And I mean, I really will take a dentist to task if he wants to start drilling in my mouth. I'm like, why are you drilling? Like, I don't want to lose any of my tooth matter because it's not coming back as I can tell. So, you know, what is a tooth anyway, if it's not this rock? I mean, is, how living is it? How does a tooth actually work? You know, you have nerve impulses going in and out. You have blood flow, but you also have uh, exchange of fluids, okay? So it's actually, the nerves are actually moving inside your tooth, just like any other organ. The only reason we don't think about it is, like you said, everyone thinks they're rocks. And the enamel is a very strong material in the mouth, but the inner part of it, which is dentin, and then your nerve, that isn't. You know, we can get on the topic of fluoride, which really, you know, there's a lot of problems with fluoride, but... Oh, yeah. I'm going to add that to my list, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I knew I was forgetting about a couple big ones. That's one. Okay, but, so what is it? What is a tooth if it's not a rock in your head? To me, it's a living organ. It's, it's a living sensory organ, okay? Because it's just like your eyeballs. It's just like your tongue. It's when, you know, you eat something really cold or you, you eat something really hot or you chew on it, some object that's really hard... It all of a sudden sends sensory fibers to your brain going, whoa, ow, hot, no, cold, ooh, don't bite down so hard. It's, and so it's telling you that, okay? So that in itself, it, that's just common sense. It makes, it just lets you know that these teeth are as important as any other organ. Right. And, and we, we, don't, we don't give it justice. 
you know, we don't, you know, pay that respect to each tooth. I think also, you know, keeping in, in line with that school of thought that it's just this rock, I think that we inherently think that they're a lot harder than they really are. You know what I mean? It's yes. like you think, oh, my teeth, I can chew through leather. And it's like, there's just a little outer shell that's hard, the enamel, right? But inside is this gooey dentin and yes. this blood flow and these nerves, which is soft and squishy. So it's like, you want to do anything you can to protect and strengthen that outer layer because that's what's actually protecting your tooth from rotting and then having issues where eventually it's going to have to be drilled into or taken out. Is that right? In a sense it is. But I'm trying to get like a you know a cartoon, you know, viewpoint on, you know, like a very simplistic school kid viewpoint on what the tooth actually is and why it's so important to protect it, you know? Well, everything you said is is true, but the problem with it is using stuff to strengthen the enamel, people are using fluoride. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Let's go so, there. Then. Let's so, go there. Then. So people, okay. people say, "Well, I do. I get fluoride treatments. You know, it's going to strengthen strengthen my enamel. It does strengthen the enamel, but it does a lot of other things to the body, which we can get into later. So here's the thing: you got these hills and valleys on the top of your tooth that helps you chew. Okay, mostly, you know, there's sugar everywhere, right? So these kids are just, you know, eating sugar or drink sodas and all that. So that sugar gets into these valleys. And it starts to eat away at the enamel. You got this great looking tooth, you know, because you've been using fluoride, but you got these little bugs eating away in, in the, the depth of the valleys. Okay, so what happens? All of a sudden they go to the dentist, you know, and they'll take x-rays and you won't see anything. And, you know, years go on, years, years go by, and all of a sudden it starts to stick. So you all of a sudden, you know, you go, oh, you got a, you got a cavity. What I have seen, is I go in there and it's like someone threw a grenade because the fluoride has strengthened the enamel so much it doesn't let you know what's going on inside the tooth. Okay, so now these kids have these humongous fillings because we weren't able to pick it up because of all the fluoride that they ingest or they put topically on their teeth. And then isn't there some evidence to support that the idea that you know, this is a huge controversy and I love exposing controversies because I'm kind of a myth buster and, you know, I get accused of being a conspiracy theorist sometimes because mm -hmm. I'm into some out there stuff, but I always say that there are conspiracies and then there are theories of conspiracies. There are real conspiracies, okay? One of them, meaning that someone has conspired secretly against an, one party against another party. That's the definition of a conspiracy. It's like, I'm doing something, I'm withholding that information from you, or I'm, you know, me and a friend or me and a colleague are doing something for our benefit and not telling you about it. On that note, there's, you know, there's fluoride in most municipal tap water, and we're drinking this fluoride, right? <sighs> and the, I, I guess the official story there from the EPA or whoever's down with this is that, oh no, but it's good for your teeth, so let's drink fluoride, which is a caustic chemical. In fact, there's a video on YouTube of um, a tanker that has, you know, gotten in an accident and fallen over and it's a tanker full of fluoride and it spilled out on this asphalt um, or concrete driveway and it actually eats a hole through the concrete like an earthquake happened right there. That's fluoride, you know, it's a caustic, caustic chemical. Now, of course, we're getting minute amounts of it in the water supply in different cities around the world and there's groups fighting against that, but doesn't internally taking fluoride actually make your bones and teeth more brittle and weak rather than strengthening them? It'll make your bones uh, more brittle. Okay. Uh, one, of the th one of the things that people don't understand what fluoride does, it actually gets absorbed in your pineal gland. That is your intuitiveness. 
That is your third eye. Okay, here comes the conspiracy. <laughs> go on, go right. on. <laughs> you can go online, and there's scientific studies, mostly in England, that have shown that fluoride gets absorbed in the pineal gland, and that that's what I call the dumbing of the human being. Right, and this goes back to, you know, where a lot of people, if you follow the, the rabbit hole down in terms of the fluoridation of public water supplies, goes back to Nazi Germany. And there's people yep. that believe that perhaps... Uh, the government in charge at that time, which would have been you know, the Nazi party eventually, that they were pretty interested in dumbing down the public and making them docile and unintuitive, right? So who knows if that's true and if that's the intention there, but you know, bringing it back to teeth, I still think a lot of people believe that fluoride is good for your body and is going to give you strong teeth. And so what you're saying is, if taken in orally, it actually makes the enamel too strong, and then you lose that subtle sensitivity of the tooth and the ability to... It's not orally, it's topically. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah it'll so, help... So it, topically on the teeth. Yeah, it'll, it'll help with sensitivity, but you, know, you can do your own research and find herbal remedies to help with sensitivity. One, specifically, go to the health food store, get some oregano oil, get a Q-tip, and rub it on that tooth. And watch the sensitivity go away. That's good to know because I actually have periodic bouts where my teeth become very sensitive. I think because I wear a night guard because I grind my teeth like crazy. We all do. <laughs> and it's like sometimes they become super sensitive and then it goes away, but I haven't done anything. It comes and goes. So oregano oil, noted. So, okay, so let's just say that as a general practice, it's probably best not to drink water that has fluoride in it. Or shower with it. Right, which is tough because it's hard to remove fluoride because it's such a small molecule. Right. Most filters are unable to take it out, at least like you know a little screw-on shower right. filter. you got to have a whole house, whole thing. Exactly. But good advice. And then how about we just probably avoid toothpaste that has fluoride in it too? Most definitely. Most toothpaste that have fluoride, if you look at the ingredient list, you can pronounce and look at the word fluoride, okay? And you, you know it's fluoride. But if you can't pronounce the other chemicals in there, why are you putting that in your mouth? You know, we're on this, this health kick of eating, eating well, right? You know, hopefully within our lifetime, fast food will go away. But people are becoming more conscious. They want to put better food in their mouth to help their body. But no one thinks about using a more natural product to clean their teeth. Because your, your gums are just like SpongeBob. It's, everything's going to get absorbed in there, and then it'll go through the body. So why not use something that can actually help not just the mouth, but can actually be okay to swallow and know that whatever's being absorbed is good for your body. Right. I think a lot of people have a disconnect with the skin outside of their body oh, yes. and the mucous membrane in your mouth, vagina, and anus, which is basically all the same, right? Yep. And, you know, there's some health nuts like me that have, you know, done rectal implants because you know it can absorb. Or if I take um, a supplement that's you know, alcohol-based or something like that, I'll put it under my tongue and take it sublingually, right? Yes. With an intention, but I don't think a lot of people realize that if you want to deliver something into your bloodstream, putting it in your mouth and it hitting your cheeks and under your tongue is a great delivery system for poison. It's an immediate yeah. delivery system. And there's it bypasses your, digest, your digestive system, so it's actually like delivered right into your bloodstream. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, cool. I love it when, <laughs> when I don't have it wrong. A lot of guests are like, actually, no, dude, you just said the exact opposite of the truth. But I'm learning all the time along with the audience. So what's funny about the fluoride thing is when you go to a health food store now and you know, you're looking for some natural toothpaste, 
there are some brands which I don't name because I don't remember and I don't want to like be critical of anyone. Do your own thing. If you like fluoride, go ahead and eat it. I don't care. But there's like the healthy brands of toothpaste will actually say like now with fluoride, they're like advertising that it has fluoride. Whereas a few years ago when they caught onto this, they were marketing like fluoride free, fluoride free. And I had a friend the other day, I was in his bathroom and I looked at the thing. I'm like, oh, I know that brand. I forget the name of it, you know? But I was like, oh, that's cool. He's using healthy toothpaste. And I was like, wait, it doesn't say no fluoride. It says now with fluoride. And I'm like, really? You guys are going backwards. Wow. It's I so didn't weird. know that. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's like Jason or one of those okay. brands that sells, you know, organic skincare products and stuff. And I thought, God, why would they be publicizing the fact that they're adding fluoride to toothpaste at this point? But that's news to me. Yeah. It's, it's weird. There's a, there's two of them now that I've seen at the health food store that that's are crazy. like that. And I go, huh? But my friend bought it because he just saw the word fluoride and assumed because it was a healthy brand that it said no fluoride. But it was the opposite. So a word to the wise, to the listener, let's just, you know, I think we can give a blanket statement and say that fluoride in any form, uh, in any part of your body is probably not a good idea. It's not a good idea Um, whatsoever. Before we talked a bit about the mercury in fillings and and that whole concept, but I want to just give that a little more attention because I think that's one of the most dangerous things going on still in just your average dentist office. And I heard, I want to see if you can um, verify this, that as an element, mercury, a heavy metal, it's the third most poisonous substance underneath radioactive materials. I mean, that's how gnarly this stuff is. Is that ring true to you? Yeah, very true. And so... My my question is... You know, what I explain to my patients is, you know, holistic, biological dentistry is common sense dentistry, okay? If you break it, th- when I was a kid, you know, we had thermometers, you could, you know, the break and you, you know, you could play with the mercury and people say, don't play with that, you know? Or you hear of a mercury spillage and, you know, hazmat comes and all this stuff, right? But it's okay to put in someone's mouth. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's so weird. I know. Same thing when um, there's been reports of like a fluoresce because fluorescent lights have mercury in them, right? Yes. And you'll notice when you go to you know change a fluorescent light out, it's like dispose in a hazmat area. You know, there's like special ordinances that you're supposed to follow in order to dispose of that. You don't just throw it in the trash. And it says don't break them because there's vapors. And I've heard stories of. Um, you know, those breaking in a school and the kids being poisoned with mercury and then, you know, random, I'm doing air quotes here, random cases of autism and crazy things like that have suddenly erupted because kids have been exposed to mercury in an acute way like that, like a heavy dose of it. So yeah, to me, it's the same thing. It's very common sense. It's like, uh, duh, why would you put a toxic chemical anywhere on you, especially inside your mouth? So the other school of thought on this that some, I hear from some people is that well, they may or may not leak or off-gas in your mouth. Like sometimes they're there and they're just fine and they're not hurting you as long as you just leave them alone and you'll live a happy and you know prosperous life with them in there. I mean, do you think there's any safe mercury amalgam fillings that will never bother no, you? No, no. Are no. they all going to eventually degrade and end up in your bloodstream? Well, they're degrading it since they've been placed in there. Um, we In our practice, we have a gyrometer which is actually a, a Geiger counter for mercury spillage. So we, we basically put a pipette on the end of it and just have the patient open up. Now, this isn't after they drank something hot or chewed some Mexican food or something really hot. This is just at rest. And at least 90% of the time, there's degassing of the mercury filling. Where is this going? 
It's got to go somewhere, right? What's, what's between, you know, what is between your mouth and your brain? Two slivers of bone that separate your brain from your, your mouth. The rest is air pockets because it's your sinuses. Those vapors got to go somewhere. And they go into the body also. And they'll go attack your weakest part of your body. And like I mentioned before, people go, well, I've had these forever. And now why am I having problems? It's because the body gets tired. Right. And also just I think some bodies are just inherently more um, resilient. It's just like you give one kid a series of vaccinations and they're fine. And the kid next to them, you know, there's like a toxic sort of burden or load and they develop autism or something. Maybe the, maybe the, the vaccine didn't cause that. Maybe I'm not getting, you know, um, on the autism spectrum because I had mercury fillings, but it all sort of contributes, right? There's a tipping point at a certain point for each body and you might be 60 years old and have a totally unrelated issue. Again, air quotes, unrelated, but you're not realizing that it's rooted in the fillings that you got, you know, in 1972 or whatever. Exactly. You hit it right on the nail where I always tell my patients, it depends what kind of dumper you are. You know, I like can, how you methylate, right? Exactly. Yeah. I can have someone with one mercury filling in a wheelchair and someone can walk in and have 20 of them and, and they seem fine. You know, but again, if you're trying to live a long, healthy life, you always got to be one step ahead and trying to keep your body clean so you could live that way. You know, you don't want to have to play catch up. You know, you want to just go, no, I'm going to go at this. I, I want to live a healthy life. So I'm going to do everything possible, eat well, make sure, you know, I sleep, meditate, pray, but also take care of your mouth because people just don't get it. Your head's connected to your body. That is, is of utmost importance. So say I've got, I, and by the way, if you're listening to this, if you go look in the, in the bathroom mirror right now and you have like silver colored pieces of metal in your mouth, you have mercury fillings, yes. right? Okay. Yes. So that's that's you if you're listening. It's okay. Don't shame yourself. Don't feel bad. Don't freak out. Don't be neurotic and paranoid. But what if that person listening goes, oh, shit, I have that. I don't want mercury in my body. How would they find a dentist that's qualified to get it out without causing further damage by the exposure that's possible by disrupting that? Maybe it hasn't been you know leaching that much and it's it's fairly intact and then you go to like your average neighborhood dentist, they're like, oh, you want that out? Sure, let me just drill that mercury out. I mean, isn't there a very specific procedure that one must follow to, to get it out safely and then kind of start There, fresh? There are very strict protocols that should be followed to help the patient um, and to help the dentist and the staff and the environment. Like in my practice, it looks like we're going into hazmat. Okay, we have- Because you are. Yeah. Really? yeah. We have um, ionizers. We have uh, special suctions. Um, and we actually have a collector plate where- the mercury that we drill out gets collected and does not go into our wastewater and then into our oceans. Okay, If you really think about how many mercury fillings are being drilled every day and all going into the wastewaters and then going into the ocean, so that's a lot of mercury, right? So there are certain, there's very strict protocols. Uh, the best thing I could, I could um, tell your listeners is to educate yourself first, Okay. Once you educate yourself first, then there's two organizations, um, International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, International Academy of Biological Dentist, Dentistry and Medicine. So it's, you, all you have to type it is, is the first letters, I-A-O-M-T and I-A-B-D-M. Cool, and we'll link to those in the show notes yeah. too to make it easy and for you guys. So the thing is, go to one of these that's, you know, that says they're holistic, but question them. 
You want to make sure that they follow protocols and for, for, for your safe, for the patient's safety. Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny. I never, th- I'm always thinking from the patient's perspective, but like if you're a dental assistant or hygienist or you're the dentist, you're being exposed to all that mercury throughout your career too. I mean, it almost doesn't really behoove the dentist to not go along with the new model of holistic dentistry because everyone in there is getting exposed to the vapors, right? Well, we have dentists, dentists have one of the highest suicide rates. And for me personally, I think it's because we work in a cloud of mercury all day long. Assistants, before they had the... I thought it was just because they're getting grossed out by looking at people's (laughs) mouths. Whenever I go to the dentist, I'm always like, I'm sorry, you guys, you have to do this right now. It's like, it's totally so gross to me. You know, when you, when you hold the mirror up and you show, you know, the patient their cavity or whatever's going on, I'm like, oh God, how do you guys stare into those all day? It's so gross. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I think it's that. Um, There, there have actually been studies before they had the capsulated uh, mercury amalgams where you would, um, you know, activated by squishing it, and then it tritrates the whole mercury filling, okay? Before that, the dental assistants used to have to use a cheesecloth to get the excess mercury out, so then the dentist could place the amalgam, the silver filling. So these assistants had the highest miscarriages, and they couldn't get pregnant, and no one ever put two and two together. It was because they were being exposed to the mercury. Wow, God, that's insane. Yeah. God, human beings, as as clever as we are sometimes, we can be so dumb, you know, oh. just by convenient shortcuts, the profit motive. I think a lot of the things we do that are so harmful to the planet and to one another just have to do with an inherent level of selfishness. You know, it's like, I want more money. So <laughs> I'm going to create something that hurts a bunch of people and whatever. That's their problem. I want money. I want power. You know, it's like y- you can't fight against it, but you can bring more awareness like what we're doing. And it's, yes. it's fun to be able to do that because that stuff, it's like have this thing inside me. I'm like, God, I just, I hate the system, but hate isn't the answer. You no. know, awareness is the answer and just choosing another option. So if, if you think, you know, think about it when you're hating the system, you're actually giving them energy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's why the whole thing is, you know, you have to approach all of this from, I don't say a detached view, but take everything with a grain of salt. Because at the end of the day, it's like being angry or being paranoid about all this is also deleterious to your health as well. Yes, very much so. You know, you've got to build awareness, but you also have to keep that positive perspective. Otherwise, the world gets very grim. You know, yes. when you're looking at chemtrails and mercury and everything that we're being inundated with, and then I just have the tendency, I want to like fight the man and like, you know, go on a crusade. It's like, that's not the answer. It's like just grassroots, little by little, a couple of listeners listening to a show like this, maybe they get the mercury out of their head. I've won. Yep. I don't need to go picket anyone and, you know, start a movement. It's just the movement of information being shared. And in this case, shared for free, you know? Yep. Uh, okay, cool. So I think we've, we've covered that pretty well. Now, if we're not putting these toxic heavy metals in our mouth, what are the other available options? You mentioned a composite filling. So how do we know that if we're getting a composite or a plastic or a different material, like I, I think mine are porcelain, mm-hmm. the fillings that I have now, glass, I guess, essentially. How do we know that those aren't going to react to the body? Very good question. Uh, not all composites, white fillings, are created equal. Not all porcelains are created equal. Just like a lot's getting made in China, a lot of this is getting made in China. So in my practice, I give patients three options. I give them, we can do a blood compatibility test where you get your blood drawn, send it to this lab in Colorado, lets us know what materials you're compatible with. There's also muscle testing, and there's also EAV testing. 
And so we give them those three options because, yes, we can remove everything correctly, but if we're going to place something in there, why not place something in there that's not going to suppress their immune system as much? Because there, to me, holistic dentistry isn't, it's an oxymoron in the sense because there's nothing non-toxic in dentistry, but there's different degrees of toxicity. So for me, biological or biocompatible dentistry makes more sense because we're trying to place something in there that doesn't suppress the immune system as much. Right. So some materials might suppress the immune system while others might make the immune system overactive. Is that true? So like mercury, for example, would cause maybe an autoimmune response where your immune system is freaking out and becoming overly active and manifesting in all these other things, whereas it could be the inverse in some cases, depending on the materials. Correct. Okay. Because here's the other thing. Most people don't understand that if they get a porcelain crown, that my new patients will come in. I go, oh, you have metal underneath. I don't have metal underneath. This is porcelain. So I have to show them. And the problem is a lot of people have porcelain fused to nickel. Nickel is a carcinogen. It's a cheap metal. So you got mercury up there, so is nickel up there, and, and heavy metals. Yeah, you know what's interesting too with the nickel is that most cheaper cookware is also made with nickel. So you get a stainless steel, but it's really an amalgam. It's not like surgical steel, like um, a brand, you guys, if you want to check it out, Salad Master, really, really great cooking material um, that's you know actual stainless steel. It's real steel, right? And so it's, you know, so I'll, I'll show but my nickel is bad stuff. Is it's what I'm bad. Saying, and be, you get it in a lot of different ways. Well, if you think about it, a lot, most females, 75% of females are allergic to cheap jewelry. That's nickel. Wow. Right. So you'll look in their mouth and, you know, you, I have an intro oil camera so they can see on, on a monitor. I'll Which say, is also even more creepy than the mirror. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll show them um, a tooth, uh, yeah, a tooth, a virgin tooth. And I'll show them, I go, look at, look at your gum around this. Nice and pink, right? They go, yeah. I'll show them then the crown fused to the nickel metal. It's not only red or purple, it's actually moving away from the crown. It's because it's an allergic response. So the, the intelligence in the gum is going like, ooh, back away, back away, and it's receding away from the And same with the, the bone. It'll move away. And some, some of my female patients go, you know, ever since I've had this crown, it's just, it hasn't felt right. It hasn't felt right. Once I remove it and just put a temporary on there, I'm like, oh my God, what a difference. And the, the tissue turns pink right away. Wow. It's just amazing. The body, the body tells you. So speaking of, um, of the ladies, I'd like to definitely cover the cosmetic piece because I think a lot of us go to the dentist and yeah, we don't want cavities in our head and we want our teeth to be healthy and not rotten and all that. Um, what can be done in terms of whitening your teeth that's not going to hurt you or hurt your teeth. To me, the idea of putting bleach on my teeth, now that I know they're not just inert rocks in my head, they're porous and they have a life of their own. I don't think I want to bleach like my skin, so I don't want to bleach my teeth. So what can be done for like cosmetic uh, treatments like well, whitening? First and foremost, don't ever do chair-side bleaching in the dental office. You're desiccating the teeth. You're drying the teeth. What okay. is that called? Uh, chair side bleaching when you go oh, to the dental office. Chair side, okay. And they'll they'll do it within an hour, right. and it it it's it's not a good thing. Okay, a lot of the you know it's a peroxide, so you're basically removing you're you're drying the teeth. Okay, so that ends up causing sensitivity. There's a lot. I mean, there's herbs that you can use, and there's definitely activated charcoal. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, 
And you know, because there are, activated charcoal really is um, abrasive enough to not to to get the the um, stain off, but not hurt the tooth. Is that the it's, idea? It's more. It's an adsorbent. Oh, okay. It removes. It removes stuff. Same with there. There are certain uh, there are certain herbal remedies that actually help that. Okay. Do you think there's anything to oil pulling? Like when people oil do pulling's great. Oil? I, oh, lo- okay. I love oil pulling. It's one of those things. Like I've done it a few times, but people are really into that, and I'm always like, oh, I don't know. It seems like someone just made this up and it caught on, but it doesn't have any validity. But you think it's legit? Oh no, it's legit. Oh cool, definitely. And what would be the uh, one of the advantages of oil pulling? Which means essentially, listener, that you're swishing coconut oil or some other oil around in your mouth for an extended period of time. You're you're infusing the mouth with oxygen. You're moisturizing the gums. Um, those two things right there just make it worth it. Makes makes it worth even it. if it doesn't give you superpowers or anything like that. No. It's still it's still a good practice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. And then I want to touch on two things. Well, I guess it's really one thing, but that is root canals. Oh boy. And cavitations. Okay. Because this is another one like the mercury fillings. Um, I, in the course of, like I said, in my 20s, I mean, I had perfect teeth, man. It's one of my life's regrets, you know. I had really good teeth for my early life, and then just, I was like a party animal, and I just, I smoked, I did a lot of bad habits, and uh, ruined my teeth, and so a couple of them just rotted out of my head, and had to have root canals, and I even had a couple pulled, because I just killed the tooth, and I didn't catch it in time. I would put it off and put it off. And then I started to hear about the idea that when you, and I want to hear what really happens, but essentially when you get a root canal, that there will be a bacteria and you'll get sort of a subcavity, not in the tooth, but under the tooth. This is the, my layman understanding of it. And then you essentially have an infection under the tooth or in your jaw that we call a cavitation. And so years later, I went to a more, more holistic dentist and you know said, oh, they go, do you have any root canals? I said, yeah. And they look in my mouth and they say, this other kind of x-ray or something, they looked and they said, oh, you have two cavitations and that's what's causing all of these other seemingly unrelated health issues because, again, you're having an immune response to this infection that's living in your body. So what's up with the whole root canal and cavitation issue? That's a real touchy subject, but um, cavitation can be under a root canal, but cavitations can also be present where you've had teeth extracted. Okay, if you don't get good uh, blood. I, had, I had both of those. Okay. One was a root canal and one was an extraction. Okay, yeah. So that's the cavitation when the ligaments that support the tooth to the bone aren't removed and you know you use a certain type of anesthetic and you don't get a good blood flow and you, and you don't get a good blood clot, then you'll get a cavitation. And what a cavitation is, you'll, you'll have bone on top so the gum tissue will grow over, but you know, I've gone in there, opened it up, slice it in and boom, there's a, there's a hole. And there's all these, all these bugs, all these bacteria, viruses, because we've done DNA testing on, on some of these, okay? So it's, it is a low-grade infection that you're, you're constantly fighting, just like if you're, you're constantly fighting the low-grade mercury that's coming out, mercury vapors that are coming out, you're, you're doing that with, with the cavitations also. The issue with root canals, that's a big issue. Um, my response to that is educate yourself with root canals. Um, go to mercola.com. Type in root canals. He'll educate you on the pros and cons of root canals. But basically what you're doing is you're removing the nerve and blood supply to that tooth. So it, be, it, is a, it becomes a dead organ, okay? Because there is no nerve or blood supply to it anymore. And that being said, you know, there's, there's always a low-grade infection because, or there's bacteria there because they can't completely clean it out. It's impossible. There's too many little tubules. And these little bugs are smart. They're going to go hide, 
and then come out and play again. Okay, so you know, there's uh, Dr. Weston Price in the early 1900s did all these studies. You know, these focal theory studies. Then Dr. Huggins, you know, brought it out. Now you got Dr. Mercola talking about it. And the big thing that that's coming on now is um, someone like Dr. Uh, Jerry Tennant in uh, Dallas. He's an ophthalmologist, and he's all about energy and how all the body's connected. And he's done so many studies on how each tooth affects different organs in your body. And if you do have a root canal or if you have a heavy metal there, how, it's, how it could be affecting certain parts of the body. So you, you have these, and I just came back from uh, my holistic dental conference in Reno, where there was another physician, I, I can't remember his name right now, but he was from Japan. And he showed how humans knew thousands of years ago about chi energy, about how the body's just a computer board. It's all electricity, right? Chinese know it, but they even knew it before then. But again, we've re- regressed. So if, if we you know, look at a root canal or we look at a cavitation and then you look at a meridian chart of how, where those areas are and how you'll look, you can look it up and you can even look it up on my website and it'll tell you which organs are being, could be affected. Okay? It's all about the energy flow. Okay, and having that or a heavy metal breaks up that energy. So you want to get that energy to flow again. So there's, you know, there, there are certain things that you're going to have to do. So each tooth then is related through that meridian system to a different organ. Yes. So say I have my L whatever, you know, whatever num- number 24 tooth or whatever, that gets messed with and that sends an energetic signal or just maybe disrupts an energetic disrupts it. right a mm-hmm. signal between that and my gallbladder or exactly. something seemingly unrelated then down the road I'm having a gallbladder issue and I think it's because of this or that but really the root cause goes all the way back as you said your head is part of your body and, and do- so it's all interrelated yeah dr huggins told me in 1992 goes david you keep you keep looking at this chart. You're gonna think it's woo woo, and I'm like, yeah, it is woo woo, right? I understood the whole mercury, all that made sense, but the whole energy thing back in '92, I was like, okay. But I just started following it. I didn't say anything for about five years. You know, patients would come in, and I'd start asking them what you know what health issues they're having, and then I'd look at what they had. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's on that meridian path. Wow. And it's uh, it, it it just is one of those paradigm shifts. Like yeah, everything's connected. Wow, interesting. So you're not going to give a definitive answer on <laughs> root canals are good or they're bad. Well, I mean, no. are, are there cases where a root canal is called for? I mean, I, I guess I'm asking, I want to get clarity because, you know, I'll talk to a friend on the phone. What are you doing? Oh, I'm going to the dentist. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to get a root canal. Nobody, I mean, people just get root canals all the time. They don't really think about it. And because I know a little about these things, I'm always like, oh God, you probably don't want to do that. Like get a second opinion. You're, you're killing that tooth. You got to really commit. But when it gets, to that. when it gets to that, most of the time it's because the pa- the patient hasn't taken care of their mouth. Right. So again, there are millions of millions of people walking around through canals. There's millions and millions of people walking around with porcelain fused and nickel metal. There's millions and millions of people walking around with mercury fillings. Depends what kind of dumper you are. Depends on what you eat. So I'll have patients come to me and they want to clean everything out. Right. And then I'll ask them, how's your diet? They'll go, what? I go, what I do is just a piece of the puzzle. If you don't have a good diet, now I don't say I want you on a strict diet. I want you, I want you to live in 90-10 or 80-20 rule. I want you to have fun in your life because if you don't have fun in your life, you're not going to get better. So 80 or 90% of the time, you eat a really good meal. Eat healthy, right? I go, do you pray? Do you believe in a higher being? Do you meditate? All these factors come into play. 
It's just not doing the dentistry. It's just not, you know, but the problem is, is that the American way is give me the pill. You know, no one wants to take that responsibility. So as much as you, you want to take responsibility for your mouth, you have to take responsibility for every other part of your body. And sleep. Sleep's huge. So, you know, these people have come to me and it's not just going on in their mouth. Their spirit has like kind of given up. And, you know, they're, they're trying to grasp at something that, that's going to just take care of it all. And I just say, uh-uh, stop, time out. I'll do this, but you need to understand that this is a piece of the puzzle. I, I don't want to take responsibility here. I'm not claiming anything. It's up to you and your body. So the thing with having all this stuff, it depends on what kind of dumper you are. Okay. By dumper, you mean how you methylate toxins, toxins. and things like that, right? Right. Like, essentially, again, for the listener, how you detox, like how, how, you detox. how your body naturally has the, the power or lack of power to detox effectively, right? Right. So I have patients that have. Oh, so my patient. This is why Keith Richards is still alive, by the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I was looking at an interview with him yesterday. He's drinking out of a red uh, cup, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I know people that know, and that there's vodka in there. And then he's, you know, he he smokes not even like American Spirit Organics. He smokes Marlboros. And I'm looking at him, I'm going, how the f? And thank God, because he's my favorite musician of all time. I'm going, how the f is this guy still alive, happy? Seems to have plenty of energy, tours around the world. I mean, if I kept his schedule, I would probably die myself. And I'm 45, and I go, he methylates. I mean, he just has the constitution that's able to withstand that. And you have someone through their DNA or whatever that their lineage they've been handed just doesn't. And they're the ones that have OD'd already or just died of whatever natural causes, you know? So there, there really is like not necessarily one prescription for every single person, you know? Right. And, um, and I just, wholeheartedly agree that you have to look at the whole life system and that's this show is called the lifestylist it's like it's all about a lifestyle which includes the physical the spiritual and the mental and without all of those dude you can have you know all the teeth in your head they've never been touched you're healthy you don't use fluoride you don't have mercury but you walk around resentful of people and you have hate in your heart you're going to die an early death and you're not going to be healthy. And also you can be very spiritual and go sit in a cave and meditate all day and have a bunch of mercury in your head and probably not be so healthy. Yeah. So it really is kind of a um, holistic approach. Yeah. So the, the, you know, the, the going back to the root canal issue. Yeah. I always tell my patients, you need to educate yourself on this. Okay. And then at the end of the day, you need to go inside yourself and intuitively decide what you want to do. Do you want this root canal or do you want this root canal pulled? You know, because once you pull it, you can't have it back. Okay? And then you got to deal with an implant issue, which is a whole other Yeah, but thank God we have zirconia implants instead of the, the titanium. And there's other ways of replacing a tooth without putting an implant. Okay, so it's not just, okay, I pull a tooth, I'm going to get an implant. No, there's other, other things that we could do something removable or a fixed bridge. You know, it just depends on what's around that area. So it really gets down to what the patient intuitively feels. I tell my patients, I go, you know, this is an energy exchange between you and I. If you don't feel good about what I'm doing, I don't want to do it. And if I don't feel good that I'm going to do something on you, I don't want to do it. Because if you don't have that exchange, then you don't get healing. Absolutely. So the last thing I want to touch on is... We mentioned some of the kind of inferior, to me at least, they're inferior, you know, dental hygiene products and stuff like that. I do things like floss with essential oils and all kinds of random things that are a little bit unconventional. Um, I've used bentonite clay uh-huh. uh, to brush my teeth with. I've used 
uh, sea salt and baking soda, all kinds of different homemade little remedies. But the last time I was at your office, when I walked out, they handed me some mouthwash and I already know it's not going to have chemicals in it because I know you're, you know, the way you do things. And it's like the best mouthwash, the strongest and most like, I think I could even dilute it by 50% and it would be stronger than normal mouthwash. But I absolutely love it. And then uh, I was recently in Lassen's in Hollywood and I saw your same logo and I was like, oh, that's my doc. And I grabbed some of your toothpaste. So, you know, I know, obviously, I think your stuff is the best that I've found and that's, you know, I've done my research, but... What's what could we use in terms of hygiene? And I want you to feel free to talk about what you're doing with your your toothpaste right now and the products that you have. I know this isn't you know how you make a living. You're a practicing dentist. It's right. not like you're trying to start an empire of a toothpaste company, right. but it's actually hard to find stuff that's really high quality. So what are you up to there? Well, I became frustrated about seven eight years ago. Um, a lot of my really sick patients, even if you know if they used a conventional toothpaste, they they would get sick. So. I worked with a chemist for two years, a natural chemist, and you know we discussed each ingredient. And I said to him, David, his name was David also, I said, I really am concerned about all the ingredients, but if it doesn't taste well, good, people aren't going to use it. And because I would send them to Whole Foods or Lassen's or some of these places to get a natural toothpaste, and they go, ah, I'm not using that, right? So we came up with, with these, a mouth rinse and and a toothpaste. And it's all, both of them are herbal essential oil complex because I want to infuse the mouth with oxygen. I want to moisturize the gums. I want to have herbs in there to go after the bad bugs, but leave the good bugs in there. People don't understand, like, if you take antibiotics, you better get on probiotics when you're done because you need to build that flora up. Same thing happens in the mouth. You're using conventional uh, toothpaste and mouth rinse, you're killing all the bugs. Right. Like, if you're using that Listerine, like, alcohol stuff, you're, you're totally destroying the alkalinity in your mouth too, right? Right. Which I forgot to even touch on, but anyway, go on. So that's how my products, Estrella, came about. My son is starting to take it over because I'm just very busy at what I do. But the other important factor is I I really feel that people should use an electric toothbrush because it has a two-minute timer. No one's going to manually brush your teeth for two minutes. It's impossible. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) Hey, on that note, what Uh do you think of those little, and you just reminded me, I need to get mine broke. I need to get a new electric toothbrush. What do you think of those little ionic toothbrushes where they have a battery in it and you get it wet and you touch the metal? Is it? See, my thing is what's going on if you have metal in your mouth? What is that ionic toothbrush actually doing to that metal? I don't know. What if you don't have metal in your mouth? Do you think it's an then I think way? It, yeah, but most people have metal in their mouth. Yeah, I got mine removed. Yeah, so I had yeah. two little in, in your situation, I wouldn't worry about. It, it. just seems like one of those woo-woo kind of things. It's like you can't if you can't see it and you can't measure it. It's difficult for the rational mind to think that it is effective. You know, and the ionic toothbrush you guys listening is like has a little battery in it, and you touch a piece of metal, and it generates some kind of ions, and apparently things that are adhering to your teeth, bacteria and whatnot, comes off easier plaque and all this. Is that the idea? Yeah, but again, if you use something like my toothpaste or you know, an herbal essential oil complex, it's going to do it naturally. Right, okay. We, again, we want to go back to nat- nature, <laughs> right, right, right? We don't want chemicals, we want nature. Yeah, yeah. Right, because okay. it's been shown to work, right? Yeah. Um, flossing, big thing. Okay. Did you hear about that thing that just came out? Like, there, I saw on Twitter a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, I think that we found out flossing is bullshit, and you actually doesn't do you any good. I'm like, when I floss, like, and I it hasn't been. It's been a little while, and I haven't been doing it diligently. Uh, there's some gross stuff that looks and smells gross coming out of my mouth. Right. I'm sorry to you know be disgusting, but 
Like, I'm never not flossing. I don't care what anyone says the new study came out. I mean, you have to floss, right? Well, they're, they're trying to promote uh, using uh, water picks. Oh, okay, okay. okay. And water picks are great. I, if my patients would use an electric toothbrush, water pick, and floss. That'd be awesome, right? right. And most people are too lazy to use uh, floss. So hygienists would love you to floss at night. I'm happy if my patients brush their teeth at night. Seriously. So I don't like flossing at night. I brush my teeth at night, but right when I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I do is floss. I tell my patients, just as long as you floss one time a day, in the middle of the day, I don't care. Floss. I keep it in my car. Yeah. That's because I'm in LA, you know, and says so I'm always in traffic, and I just keep it in my little center console, and it's like, well, I'm sitting here at a red light. I just kind of steer with my knee, you know, for a minute. <laughs> you know, don't tell the police that I do that. But um, I also text and email while I'm driving unsafely. But yeah, that's the way I've done it. And I have some essential oils of clove and stuff in the car. And I'll just, yeah. that's the only way I can build in that habit. But I thought that was funny when that new study was revealed. I was like, really guys? Like yeah. anyone that flosses, you know, when you don't do it, it's gross. So it can't be Well, know, people have to think one of the big things is where the two teeth contact each other on the sides of them. No toothbrush can get in there and clean it. So you need something like a piece of string to go in and then come out and remove any debris. Right. Because a lot of decay as we get older happens in between the teeth. And it's because people don't floss. And what about the idea of flossing with essential oils? I've heard talk about um, like you use a clove oil or an antibacterial like I love tea it. tree where there's something called, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's called quorum sensing where the bacteria communicate with one another and join forces and make more bacteria. Essentially like their ability to mate, I guess is the way you could say it, is interrupted by flossing with essential oils because it breaks up their little network. Well, they've sh- yeah. Does that make sense? It makes sense. That's one of the reasons I have essential oils in my products ah, is cool. is because of that. And what what that what that does is it just kills the bad bacteria but leaves the good bacteria to do what it needs to do. Cool. But yeah, cool. I totally agree with that. So where can people that don't live in Hollywood and go to Lassen's find your toothpaste? Um, we have in, in Whole Foods also uh, Ooh, some Whole Foods. Man. Thanks, but we awesome. um, you can go to. Our website, purenaturaltoothpaste.com, and it's there. So, cool, nice yeah. URL. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know how hard it is to get a good URL. Congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Okay, and then I'm, I'm going to uh, ask you for some more links, too, and how people can find you. Sure. But before I do, I'd like to ask, because you've been our teacher today. I've learned so much from you. Thank and you. And it's been a pleasure to have you. Thank as you for I'm having sure me. Our listeners will agree. Who have been, you mentioned Dr. Huggins, who have been three of your teachers or teachings? It could be a philosophy, a book, even unrelated to dentistry that have kind of shaped who you are that you might recommend to other people. I've read so many. Um, the Dalai Lama, uh, Jesus Christ. And right now I, I'm just thinking of those two at, the, at this Two is good. Yeah, I mean, between the Dalai Lama and Jesus Christ, that covers a lot of ground. And we'll just throw Hal Huggins in there too. Well, Hal, you know, because that obviously was such a a pivotal point in your career as a dentist and as a professional. Yeah. So yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah, it's funny. uh, The people are always stumped by that question, and they're like, "Oh God!" They I always see them going like, "Oh, I wasn't expecting this," which is the whole point. But it's really fun for me to see the answers because sometimes it's like, oh, it's my my granddad and he taught me, you know, how to do the right thing or this or that. And sometimes it's something super out there and esoteric. And then sometimes it's like, uh, Jesus Christ, hello. You know, it's like it's just like a big obvious one. That's a good place to start, you know. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. And you know, I have to also say my mom. She was the most generous 
person I knew uh, just gave and gave and gave love and um, never judged anybody. You could even feel it when she cooked. Just very, very spiritual, very, um, very connected awesome. to, to God. Cool, man. Good yeah. for you. Thanks. Good for yeah. you. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in closing, where can we find you and your work if someone wanted to come uh, see you in your practice or find your website where you live? Um, I live in, uh, well, my practice is in Newberry Park, which is Thousand Oaks, California. Uh, my number is 805-375-2233, or they can go on my website, which is biodentalhealing.com. And actually, there's a lot of information there for them to educate themselves, not just on my practice, but on this type of dentistry. Cool. Awesome. Well, you guys go check that out. We're going to put those links in the show notes, of course. And I just want to thank you so much. I've been wanting to sit down with you for a while, so I'm glad we had the opportunity today. I learned tons, super inspiring in many ways. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. And so marks the end of episode 35. I want to thank you and your beautiful pearly whites for joining me on another round of the Lifestylist podcast. Don't forget to join me next week, next Tuesday, for episode 36 featuring Greg Burnett from Arizona Grass-Raised Beef, where we talk about the cattle industry and why bone broth is the best thing ever. If you want to be notified by newsletter of new episodes and videos and things like that, you can go to lukestory.com and and sign up for my newsletter right on the homepage. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you on the next one. I'd like to again thank Samina Sleep Systems and remind you to get over to justhealthysleep.com, and when you do, enter the code LIFESTYLIST, and you will save 5% off all beds and accessories. Now, that might not sound like a big savings, but these beds are really quite an investment, as you're going to find. So 5% can mean a few hundred dollars. So uh, definitely remember that code. And as I said earlier, if you're in Southern California, you can also make an appointment on the site to go over to their showroom and see these beds for yourself. Once you see them, if you're anything like me and you really care about health, you're going to become obsessed with getting one. I mean, they are that cool. They're literally the dopest beds on the entire planet, in my opinion. And I've checked out a lot of healthy bed systems. So Samina Sleep Systems, find that at justhealthysleep.com, enter the code LIFESTYLIST and save 5% off, or just get over there and make an appointment to see the showroom, tell them I sent you, you're gonna save some cash, and you're going to sleep very well for many, many years.